After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the river Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, or the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, ready for battle, must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest, as, as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan towards the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Thank you, Lynn. We've been having a little joke about this morning's service between myself and Lynn, because when the original draft came out of the order of service, there was no sermon. Now, now you might think that's a good idea. <clears throat> I thought I had a Sunday off, but it was just a, a typo. It was missed, so uh, we, we have a sermon. And originally the reading was just going to be the first six verses of Joshua, 
So then just to add pain, I said, no, no, I think I, I want the whole chapter. So Lynn had to now read the whole chapter as well. So um, anyway, there we go. Um, lovely, good. <clears throat> so here we are. The first uh, chapter of the book of Joshua, last Sunday, if you were here, we had a sort of introductory uh, 50,000 foot helicopter type read through of Joshua. And as I said last Sunday, it's quite important we do appreciate the historical setting of this book. It is actually about 3,000 years old, so it's pretty ancient. But, you know, if the scriptures still live, and we look at these ancient scriptures as Christians today, seeking the Lord for us in this place, in this community, in our lives. Yeah, we don't just look at a historical ancient document. And I hope as we go through today, if we look at chapter one, I'll help us see how many relevant lessons there are in 2023 for this church um, based on this very ancient uh, writing. The title I've given this, uh, this, this uh, uh, sermon this morning is getting ready to go, because really that's what chapter one's all about. They haven't gone across the Jordan yet, but they're getting ready. And God's getting them ready, and Joshua's getting the people ready. And in fact, the people are also getting Joshua and the other leaders ready as well. And hopefully we'll see a little bit of that happening as well. Uh, this chapter does have quite a lot, I think, to teach us both about leadership and leaders, but also about those who are being led as well. It's not just about Joshua. I think, first of all, it reminds us that church life is not a democracy. It's what's called a theocracy. Another wonderful term there, isn't it? But what I mean by that is that church should not so much be about what the majority of people would like to do, although we all have our own likes and dislikes, quite understandably, but if church, being church is about trying to discern together what we believe God wants us to do. And those two things can be, some, I have days where these two things are a long way apart, and I imagine you may well do the same. You think about it, Moses had led the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, and then because of their rebellion, he led them around the desert for 40 years. He'd become a real leader in their lives, like a central figure, and now he's died and I imagine in that, he's left a real hole in the community's life. And we just think about the people we've just lost recently in this community here, where people die. They leave a real hole. It's not just something we push aside. It's, it, it, it leaves a real hole. And we see this in, with Moses and his death and how the Israelites would have felt with this, this, as a, this hole in their community life. Now, we often measure new leaders... Uh, I think wrongly, sometimes by comparing them and judging them against those who have gone before. You know, this church is looking for a new pastor. It's very easy to start judging people against, you know, what has happened before, the strengths and weaknesses of previous leaders. But new leaders are called for new tasks. New leaders are called to take us to new places. And we need to recognise for that there may be different gifts, gifts that are required for that leader. Now Moses would have left a big hole in the life of the Israelites. The question now is who is going to step in and fill it? Who was going to encourage them and lead them forwards? 
And I think also just as, as we start, we need to recognize changes in leadership can be difficult. We get used to the leaders around us. You know, they're good things and they're not so good things, but we get used to the leaders around us. But you need to recognize changes in leadership can be difficult. They can be unsettling. It would have been for the Israelites back in those days, and it can be also for us now as we face the year ahead. But now turn to the passage. I'm just going to try and take us through the passage once again and actually just draw out what I think we can, maybe the lessons we can take out for the present day. You may see many other things in here, but hopefully this will be of some help. So in the first few verses, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nan, Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now you and all of these people get up and get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from a great river to the Euphrates, all of the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Again, once he says again, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, as I said, Moses was a big act to follow. And Joshua must naturally have felt rather overawed by the prospect. He might have tried to look confident to the people on the outside, but I imagine on the inside, he was much less certain. But God called him, and God was equipping him. And we see that in the passing on of the promises in the word of God that he's made to Moses, and he's now making to Joshua. Get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In these opening verses of the book, God's attention is not so much on the Israelites, but on Joshua. He wanted to be sure that Joshua felt a real sense of call. He was not just to take over the leadership because he had been Moses' assistant, all right, which might have been a, like a worldly, pragmatic, sort of sensible thing to do. He was taking over because God was calling him to do it. And so it needs to be for any man or woman who comes into the pastorate of this church, taking over ministry here, that they do have a clear sense of call from God for the situation here, the joys and the sorrows, the challenges that they will face. It's not really about whether they like what they see in, in this church here, but that deep down they feel a sense of call from God for that situation. The promises that God has made to Moses, which are now passed on to Joshua, are the ones that assured him, despite Moses' death, that nothing had changed. God was still working his good purposes out and he's now looking to Joshua and the Israelites to be part of that.
Now, it's because of those promises being passed from Moses to Joshua, the promise of God's presence, of God's faithfulness, is that he repeatedly says to Joshua, step out, step out with confident faith, be courage, be strong and courageous. And we get a number of verses from verse 6 to verse 9 that just constantly drum this home. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous, being careful to obey all the Lord my servant gave you. Do not turn from it from to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written within it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged, for I will be with you wherever you go. So I think lesson one is that Joshua is called to this task and he recognises and responds to God's call. He hasn't chosen the task, but he's responding to God's call. But lesson two is that if we really trust in God's faithfulness for us, then what grounds do we have for hesitation or trepidation on our part? We may not hear God as clearly as Joshua did on that occasion, but we're told in the text that we have God's word and that through that we can prayerfully seek God's guidance for all situations. Do not let that book, the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate upon it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything written within it. We seek to hear God through his word. And as we do so, and the times we recognise God's leading and guiding, we give thanks. But we should also be encouraged to then step out in obedient faith. It's not just hearing where we think God wants us to go, but it's then being willing to step out on the road. God's word opened by his spirit, can provide us with encouragement, with confidence, the courage, the strength we need to then follow as we placed our trust in him. So lesson three, as we look around for a new pastor, a man, a woman, is that we need to, attend, need to be attentive to God's word, to what he's saying through us, both individually, but also together as a church. If this is not the time to put our Bibles on the bookshelf. This is the time to make absolutely sure we are regularly coming to the Lord in his word and seeking discernment. And I also would say about discerning the way of the Lord, it isn't just something that leaders do, although one hopes our leaders do. All right? But it is something, you know, someone, you know, the Lord speaks through the body of Christ in the church, gathered. So don't feel this is something that someone else does. You know, be part of that discerning body for this church in the months that lie ahead. You have a responsibility as part of that body of Christ to do so. And when you think you have a word, share it. Share it with another leader if you don't want to share it up here, as it were. But do please share it and see your role in that. But from the position where you know, God is really just making sure that Joshua understands that he is being called for this task, we then find that moves on to Joshua encouraging the people. 
So the text moves on in verses 10 and 11 from a conversation between God and Joshua to one between Joshua and what are called the officers of the people. And he says to them, go throughout the camp and tell all the people. Get their supplies ready, because in three days from now you will cross the Jordan and you will go in and take possession of the land that your Lord, your God, is giving you as your own. Joshua could not practically speak to every individual Israelite in order to encourage them and lead them. Instead, he relies on assigned leaders to do this task as well. And I suppose in a church setting, you know, people talk about elders, deacons, you know, church leadership team. You know, these are the people that you have voted into a position to act as leaders in this church. It's important to note that although the initial direction to cross the Jordan comes from God through Joshua, that same word now needs to flow down, as it were, from Joshua to the other leaders and ultimately on to everybody concerned. Joshua's, leader, Joshua's job is to get the leaders on the same page and to inspire them and help them to catch the vision, as it were. And then for God's word to Joshua to get down to all the people, it relies on godly leaders who are of one mind and can be sources of leadership and encouragement to the wider church. It's not all down to one man or one woman. It can't be all put down to one leader. Other leaders have to play key roles too. And they need to really buy into and share the vision for the church as well. A divided leadership team in any church can be so damaging as people get first of all pulled this way and then pulled that. Joshua clearly had a group of leaders around him who bought into the vision, into God's promises and purposes for them, so that they in turn sought to lead and encourage others. And it's a reminder of the importance of unity. It's so important for any church when seeking to put their feet on new ground that they do so in the spirit of unity. And unity is not just blind agreement. It's not just lip service. It's about a group of people who over a period of time feel convicted by God that this particular road is one that God would have them walk upon. Paul said something about this in the letter to the Romans. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement also give you a spirit of unity amongst yourselves as you follow Jesus Christ so that with one heart and with one mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That sense of unity of purpose and unity of, of mission. It, doesn't just, uh, it isn't just something that God wishes for the church and for his people, but if you read a psalm, Psalm 133, it's also actually a great place to be if a church can work in unity. The psalmist writes, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in unity. It makes the, this church attractive. It's a good place to be. So the people, just like Joshua, need to be encouraged and need to be led, not just told what to do, but to be inspired and encouraged that they might take hold of the vision and share in that vision for themselves. Leaders who work well lead by example and provide the foundation for a greater unity and shared understanding of purpose for the wider church. 
Now, in verses 12 to 15, the subject changes a little bit. The subject of the tribes that Moses had said could settle on the eastern side of the Jordan, these are the Reubenites, Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, um, despite the fact they'd already taken, had their, as it were, their inheritance, their promised land assigned to them, it did not remove their responsibility to the other tribes to help with the conquest of the remaining land. I think, again, you could say much more about those verses, but the, again, I think it's about unity. It's, it's, it's pointing to... You know, these, these people already had what they wanted, their areas of land assigned to them, but it didn't mean that they weren't then still one part of one body that was going on to complete the conquest of the remaining land. So this whole sense of unity, I think, is a key message that comes also from this passage. It's a unity that is focused on God's good and perfect will rather than just on individuals' personal needs and desires. But then having encouraged the leaders and having encouraged the people, we then see uh, the encouragement actually comes round full circle from the people back to Joshua. In verse 16 we read, they answered Joshua, whatever you've commanded us to do, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. It's worth noting these verses as they show us an example of the people, as it were, encouraging their leaders. And again, it's a very relevant example. We can all fall into the trap of thinking encouragement is a responsibility of leaders. But in a healthy church, it is rightly seen as a responsibility of us all at one time or another. It's such a simple thing to do. To do so sincerely, obviously, but it is such a simple thing to do. Leadership can be a very, very lonely place to be. Leaders need to be encouraged as well. They're only men and women. So the encouragement of leaders by the church is important, especially when challenges are faced and difficult times are faced and there's a level of uncertainty. People need to feel that encouragement. And it's not to build up the leaders in a, sense, in a worldly sense, to inflate their status or their egos, but it is to recognise their service in the Lord's name to one, each one of us, to thank them for it with our loving support and obedience. Imagine how Joshua would have felt. He no doubt would have been encouraged to see and to hear the variety of individuals coming together to affirm to him, affirm him in what he was doing. Again, Paul in one of his letters, 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up. So that's a very brief run through that first chapter. And within it, we see this position from you know, uh, getting ready and at the end of it, you know, being ready, I, I think. The last verse ends with the exhortation, only be strong and courageous. To have the strength of our convictions and the courage to out, reach out in faith for the future that God desires for this church and this community. So here's some of the, a quick recap of some of the, what I think are relevant lessons for this church 
as we come into 2023 and as we look for a new pastor for this church. Let's not forget that changes in leadership can be risky and unsettling at times. Let's be mindful of that with one another. Godly leaders need to be hearing God's call. What you don't want in this church is a man or a woman for whom it is a convenience. You know, there's obviously worldly matters go around it, but the important thing is that, you know, whoever comes here to lead feels God's call to be here. And let's just take care. Let's recognise there's a new task to be done. So let's not judge new leaders or prospective new leaders based on previous leaders, however good they may have been. Whilst we need to be discerning, we have no grounds to be fearful or worried of the change that faces us. In fact, quite the opposite is true. As again, Paul said, if God is for us, who can be against us? Regret, regular prayerful and attentive reading and meditating on God's word is vital for discerning leadership. It's vital for discerning church. This isn't just a decision for the leaders. You know, we want that vision in the whole church and we want the whole church as much as we can in a, with a sense of unity that we are going in the right direction. So, but having faith and having wisdom and having discernment, they're all important. But when it's all said and done, we need to have the courage to step out and place our feet confidently on the road that the Lord has laid out before us. God shows us where the road starts. He doesn't tend to show us where the road ends. And I think that's a very important thing to remember. So I think as we look at this uh, first chapter of Joshua, uh, I hope you can see also lessons for the church at this time, for this season, as it were, that might constructively guide us in our search for a new pastor. So that's chapter one done. There's 23 chapters to go in Joshua. Yeah. And Martin Dunford next Sunday is bringing you chapter two. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you that this is not just an ancient word and we read it like a history book. Lord, there's history here and we give you thanks for that. We thank you that by your spirit, you open our minds and our hearts to what you're about here in this place amongst us. Lord, we know we're not perfect people by any means. We know we're not perfect leaders. Lord, we all struggle in different ways. But Lord, if you are for us, who can be against us? What have we got to fear if we don't just stepping out in your good name in this place? So Lord, we just pray as we go into this year and as we continue with this search, that you will continue to help us discern your will and your way for us here. Lord, that we might be attentive to you, that we might be, become one in you and know that way clearly. So Lord, please be with us, your people. We ask for this church and for the future witness of this church in this community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>